Welcome back to Two Homers and a Realist. This is a continuation of our series of Get to Know the Homers and the Realist. This one will be all about Jay. We are here to interview Jay. Reminder that we are still in the middle of our studio construction. We Trying to finish it up. We had some, some contractor issues. We had to fire a, a, a whole team. It was pretty rough, but we got a new team in here and they're working very hard redoing some things we didn't know that we had problems but it's going to be a great expansion we're real excited about it but until that's done we'll have some hammering and sawing and stuff going in the background let's turn our attention to jay so jay yes sir i noticed that the name of the pod is two mm -hmm. homers and a realist and right. we've heard from two homers and a realist already in this series who the hell are you? Where'd you Where'd you come from? I'm just Jay. Oh, okay. I, uh, okay. Just Jay. <laughs> you know, I came on to this project, this team, just a fraction too late. And from what I gather, there was just too many things already set in stone. There was just it was just too much to change. Too much branding of, at that point. Too much branding. A lot of yeah. contracts. A lot of. A lot we of stuff. literally have brands on our arm. So it's true. That's right. It and, hurt too, dude. Yeah. You don't you know, have one. You guys probably wanted to see if I was even going to stick around before you change You've got a history. all your logos and everything. Yeah. So, I'm just Jay. Just Jay. So just Jay, Jay, are you a home? How do you identify? Are you a homer or a realist? That's a really good question. Um, prior to the start of the pod a couple years ago, Lucas absolutely would have said I was a complete homer. Like 100%. He and did. You would have said that too. Yes, that's true. <laughs> and I'm kind of with you. I'm always optimistic when it comes to OU football. The rest of life, not so much. Football, <laughs> yes, for some reason. But it's all you've had. something all you have, happened bro. the last couple of years that has changed me. I was very down. Tainted. Very down on the 21 team. Even though everything was within reach, we win that Bedlam game. We were close. We were close. <laughs> we win that Bedlam game. We might make the playoffs. Who knows what Lincoln does? It's just, we've talked about it before on other pods. The, the craziest 9-0 ever, right? The most defeated 9-0 team ever. I don't know, ever for anybody. I can't, even, I can't even talk for other fan bases, but it just didn't feel right. The direction didn't feel right. I'm not as down on Brent's first year as maybe some are. I think, myself included, underestimated just the turnover of all the staff and all the changes of roster and all the changes of practice times and, and doing this and doing that and workouts and just how much that would affect the team. Now, does that ultimately change a third and one or something on a Saturday? I don't know. But we did have four games within three points. It's a totally different offseason if we have a 10 win season. So you, so, play, you play the role of, of both. Yes, and, but and, generally and, I'm a homer. But you tend towards optimism. You tend towards I tend towards, towards, towards optimism. Yes. I start off that way and I have every An right optimistic to optimistic disposition. As the season you realize but you hold You reserve the right Maybe to I go just south. Hedge everything. I don't know. <laughs> well, what is your OU origin story and your history? So I'm pretty much I was born in Oklahoma, moved to Norman when I was five, which was in 1985. So you're, you're 43. Almost. 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 Birthday coming up. And honestly, growing up as a kid, playing so much sports myself, and we followed OU, but my dad and I weren't huge, huge fans. We were mostly Dallas Cowboy fans or just professional football fans. And with their dominance in the late 80s and early 90s, um, really OU football took a, a back seat to most of it. And then my own sports endeavors took most of my time through the rest of the 90s. So it really wasn't until like the second half of 99 where you could see the team was improving and there was something to look forward to that we started watching more games. And then we were pumped and ready for the 2000 season, obviously not knowing what it was going to turn out to be. But so really most of all of my viewing technically is probably from 2000 to current. So even though 
Connor and I are different ages, our kind of time frame of viewing games is the same. So yeah, you, interestingly. You started a lot with your dad as well. With, with You and your dad kind of came up that road together and Correct. started watching and enjoying the enjoying yep. the games. Yeah, I, I don't have near the experience you guys have of attending games, but I think there's only three games since 2000 that I've partially missed mostly um watching oh, or being there. right oh five baylor overtime game with bomar um, rainy 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 girlfriend's birthday had to go to dinner had to miss that game sorry guys um dinner that's what we're calling it now yeah what else i had another friend who is a listener on the pod, he got married on the OU-TCU game, the Katy Perry game. Sacrilegious. And then one of my best friend's uh, little brother got married in Florida during one of the K-State games, but it was on television even, even in Florida, so I got to see most of that. So pretty dedicated, came up with similar time frame origin story, not just to Connor, but sort of in Lucas's coming back to the religion, very contemporary to him too. So a, a very similar history there, all of us with origins with our family and father in particular. It's interesting. So let's talk about, you mentioned when what games you've attended in, in general and, and that you haven't attended maybe as many as us but what is your current streak of home games and what is your what notable streaks have you had in your in your history um i would say your home game streaks at like one yeah yeah, is yeah it home one? streak's not very good yeah my son gotta start fresh son plays tackle football on saturday so you're being a good father we get that all right so the home streak's not doing well, but there was, I would say there's a time frame from probably, besides the COVID season, obviously, you know, that 2016 to current where I hit the majority of home games. Mm-hmm. What, um, do you remember your first home game, away game? I do actually. My first home game was against Bowling Green. Bowling Green. Yep. Yep. That was like the O like three O four season, yeah. something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And um, what was your second question? Sorry. Uh, your first away game. My first away game was actually Tennessee. Okay. <laughs> wow, that's good. It's a good first away game. Incredible. Yes. Well, for, for three quarters, it sucked. That's yeah, true. It <laughs> yeah. did. Which uh, made the, the rest of it so good. The whole time we were like, this is going to be the longest drive back ever. So it was, 14 hours it was three bad quarters and then basically four good quarters, right? Because it was triple overtime, wasn't it? Or double overtime? It was double. double okay, overtime. so three good quarters, call it. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, that was about as good of a first road game as, as you could go to. Have you been to OU Texas? Once. So your first and only is? 05. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sorry. dude. I, like Lucas. You're doing I, it wrong. I knew we were in trouble. Didn't matter. Free tickets. So we're gonna have to change that this year. Yeah, this year it all turns around. We got. We'll have to get uh, two homers and a realist Airbnb, and there you go. It'll have to be a thing. I, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, I enjoy both equally. You know, staying at home and watching it as much as I do attending. Um, Can you see? I think things it's a totally different see? perspective. Yeah. It's just. Uh, I don't know why, but maybe because at home during a commercial, it sucks there's a commercial, but the time goes by. But when you're at the game and that guy comes out with his little screen and it <laughs> says three minutes and it's just like 110 <laughs> degrees, you're like, let's get this thing going. Yeah. What are we doing? Why is this guy out here? Why are we not playing? Oh, Especially the pay-per-view well, he... game. It's the stupidest to have yeah. TV yeah. timeouts for pay-per-view. a game you yes. paid for. It's <laughs> um, where you get all the bleacher coaching advice and stuff like that. I mean, you can't, you can never replace, you know, the ambiance and the experience of the crowd and the fans, just how it feels to be at the game. But um, I think that's my biggest thing with that game is I, one vivid memory, not to reminisce on my own experience, mm-hmm. but one vivid experience was the Caleb Williams game a couple of years ago. Steve's sitting like seven rows down from me, and it's the Caleb Williams bomb to Marvin Mims, 
and it's a touchdown. And I'll never forget us just meeting halfway in the aisle, <laughs> running up, him running up and me running down and losing our crap together. Right. Um, so I, I agree. I think there, there's something to be said for the game on TV nowadays. It's so good. There's so many good vantage points. You get the well vantage point. It's from your nice couch. when we're at the game and you're at home and we can ask you what or happened. Ask questions. Yeah. Is he in? Yeah. <laughs> I think also, the first like, game I watched with Jay was an OU Texas game at our friend Josh's house, and he we were jumping around mainly Jay doing the <laughs> land shark thing. What was it called? Oh, yeah, land shark. Yeah. Land shark. You were yeah. He put his hand on his, on his head. Travis, he's like uh, running around the living Travis room. Travis Lewis. Travis Lewis. Because I think You're like, kind of a left shark guy. I think Sanchez yeah, intercepted a ball. And he, he's running around doing this shark thing, and we're all high-fiving. <laughs> that was 2014, right after we lost to TCU. So have you that. been to a bowl game? Nope. Maybe that changes this year, too. Yep. So what's your favorite OU football season so far? <sighs> you know, I'd listen to the, the other pods. Um and I wanted to to be different, but you also have to just answer how you feel. And I'm going to say the 08 season, just because <laughs> pretty much what everyone, everyone else said, it was just a combination of my own personal age, right? It was just a fun time in life in general. Um, the way the football team was designed and built and just watching it grow into the juggernaut that it was. It was just, the whole country was enthralled with what was going on offensively here at Oklahoma. And I really, I really, I think that's what it is. It's just the style of play, the involvement nationally, Heisman Trophy type quarterback. Yeah, you had two, um, two storylines that year, right? O- OU offense and Tim Tebow's jump pass. That's about it. Right. And that unfortunately, <laughs> Class well, and Michael Crabtree getting us in the national championship game. That's yeah, true. <laughs> that's true. As well. Now I will say, I don't think going forward that the 08 season will be my favorite season because now that my son is getting old enough and more engaged with the players and the game and understanding it, and he plays football himself. Uh, with the move to the SEC, etc., I think we're going to have a season mm-hmm. soon. Where Special. I look back and it's just incredible. Where we're all traveling to row games and our sons are all going with us, which they do most of the time now, anyways. Mm-hmm. And we'll be able to look back and just be like, man, that that twenty-five season where Jackson Arnold just torched Georgia in the hedges. We'll just we'll never forget that. So I do think my nice prediction. I like that. My most memorable season is yet to, to come. come. I yeah. like that. So if you could schedule any home-and-home home series with three teams, who would you choose? Um, I'll be a little redundant here as well. Penn State, just because the wideout. I want to see... You call that a bucket list for yes, a football fan. Yes, absolutely. It's just, I don't care if they're not in any good. I just want to go to Penn State... Might be preferable. <laughs> ...at night and just have the place just going insane. So I just want to see it. And I, I picked a couple different teams sort of for the same reason and a little bit just to be different. Um, I want to go to Virginia Tech at mm. night. I want to have the Enter the Sandman. That's a really, entrance. really good, that's a really good yeah, out-of-the-box pick. Yep, yeah. that's a good It's a really good, good out-of-the-box pick. And a team, it's been, you know, almost almost 20 years now, but... I would, I would like to go to Oregon. I knew you were going to say that. I didn't do. <laughs> I can, I considered putting Oregon yeah, on there too. too. I I've like, heard the I like acoustics that. of the stadium. Mm-hmm. Is Eugene, would be, Eugene would be fun to go to. Never yeah. been to the state in general. Yeah, I just hate um, them so much. But that makes it good. I do it dislike does. them, right? And they are on the up and up. I, I do think. How much do we dislike them if we don't get screwed on the? On oh, the, it isn't an issue. What was the guy's name? Reese. Uh, yeah, Gordy. Gordon Reese. Gordon, Gordon Reese. Yeah. If, if they get that call correct, Alan Patrick has the ball in his hand. We down it out twice. The game's over. Do we hate Oregon? No. Not at because all. Because we beat him at home. Not at all. And then we beat him in the Holiday Bowl. And then we beat him in the Holiday Bowl. Yeah, we no. beat him there. 
And then we beat them at the Alamo Bowl with Bob yeah, no. two years ago, or it, year yep. before last. It's not an issue. Do we hate Oregon then? <laughs> not at all. It's not an issue. It's funny. It's crazy Unless how one horrific call have jerseys yep. and changes it. Well, just a few losses can make it all. Like So Miami is hated by OU fans, and I don't think Miami holds the same hatred for OU. I think that Florida State hates OU in a way OU doesn't hate Florida State because we've almost always come out on top in those matchups up to you know last year's Especially as an in exception. Ones. In the important ones for sure. So it is funny how it turns on that. Like we hate Boise State for one game, which I will hats off that is one of the greatest college football games ever because we lose and in how it plays out. Um, they don't hate us. They probably just love the history and and if we win that game the way we should have they're just a, a non-factor a non-factor they're yukon they're yukon or yeah. iowa yeah <laughs> i mean agreed so what's your position on the controversial topic of likely winning an easy bowl game versus likely losing in the playoffs which do you choose ex ante if you have a chance i Go back and forth on this. This is a difficult question for me. Ultimately, I pick that you always want to be there. I think you always want to have a chance, no matter how small it is, to continue to move forward towards a national championship. I think you want all the extra talk for the weeks leading up to it, to have your brand, to have your coach interviews, to have your this, to have your that for all the high school recruits around the country. But at the same time, getting your butt handed to you by LSU does no good. All the branding leading up to it, all the all the um, extra eyeballs on your program is all for nothing when you just get mud stomped. It's maybe even for a negative right. in some cases. Does it help that the recruiting, the, the early signing date now is going to be before the bowl games? Probably. Because you're going to get instead of the february first wednesday if you get your butt handed to you in a game like that you may lose a couple of recruits come february but you know because you but just you've got already smashed. but you've already gotten but now locked with the in. december date you've right? already signed that class yeah there's probably so, some coaches that have thought that way so that might be helpful hmm. um but i think that can still even linger to the next class yeah right because those kids remember they're busy with their own seasons too. Yeah. So, the last time you played someone big time, you know, you just got stomped. It's just, it's not good. But I don't. I also don't think there's much to gain from beating just an average team in a bowl game. It doesn't hurt you. Um, I don't think it hurts your off season whatsoever. I don't know that it helps your off season. But you don't think stomping Auburn that year had really good momentum to go into the next season? I do, but that's a that's a good team, and it was an SEC team, so there was a good. It was a good matchup in terms of how sexy it was. There was the Bob Stoops angle where he was always talking about the SEC, and it's not that big of a deal, and yada yada yada. So if you take whatever Auburn's equivalent is, I don't know if it's Wisconsin or something. I don't know. I don't know if beating Wisconsin's that big of a deal Michigan, on a Michigan State on a maybe. regular game. You know, I don't know. I, all, I think all I know about it is if you get there, don't get stomped. That's it. That's, <laughs> that's it. You can lose, yeah. but don't get stomped. Lose, be, competitive. be competitive. Be competitive. Because even really against Kyler, against Alabama, most people just remember that game was pretty much over. Yeah. Out of right. the first quarter. And it was. 28 nothing. Yeah. But when we finally, you know, took our head out of the sand, they couldn't keep up with us. If we just didn't have... We three ran out of time. Three, that bad, three, poor bad of a, three bad drives. That poor of a first quarter, yeah. it could have been a game. We ran out of time in that game. For sure. So let's look back at some games from your perspective and, and tell me notably, or what games stand out notably as the best and the worst, and, and think about the venue as well, the atmosphere, the stadiums, the fan experience. Um, gosh, best game. That Tennessee game, just like everyone's saying, it's just hard to beat. That was... It was phenomenal, just from the town to the people to the tailgating to the location of the stadium there on the river. Um, 
had all it had all of it. the game. It yeah. was the whole thing was just that, it was phenomenal. I forgot to mention what I was talking about on the mine that Friday night. We went down to the river to some bar, and it was all OU, 100% OU fans. Yeah. But we had we parked like a half a mile away, and as we walked down, there were like older couples walking, and every one of them, hey, welcome. We all had OU of course on. Welcome to Knoxville. Hope you have a good time, but not too good of a time. Literally, we passed five or six people on the way to this bar, and they could not have been nicer mm-hmm. with the welcome to Knoxville stuff. And then that whole Friday night, we were on this overlooking the river bar and it was all i mean what 500 ou fans or whatever it was this it was an indoor outdoor they had like this big huge patio like multi-tiered patio set like a dock yeah like almost like a dock type thing and man that was that was a great night and that was the night before the game Hmm. well and the people listening to this pod you know i I don't want you to think it's group think it's funny like my wife and i have talked about it multiple times that's one of the first i think that may be the first away game she and i went to together and she still chalks that up as her number one. I don't even think it's her number one away game. I think it's her number one game experience that she's ever been to, that she mm-hmm. says that she looks back on. So definitely a special yeah, place, Yeah, I mean, I could almost agree with her on that because it just – it was phenomenal. Yeah. It really was. And, and then tailgating the day before, you couldn't, you couldn't walk five feet before somebody made you try their barbecue, try their this – gives you a drink i mean and it was just tent after tent after tent for hours and hours and hours i look forward it's amazing and it's a it's a tribute to them just like with some other schools that we've talked about and and different experiences i had at alabama you guys had at ohio state i look forward to a time when that southern hospitality is no longer extended to the team that is now their worst nightmare and i hope that's who we become so that we're resented so much that we are not welcomed the same way. I do hope, and maybe they will be still as hospitable, but it's different when you're not in the conference, especially in that game, well, where they didn't view you as as a, a dominant presence that's going to well, be a Well, they had threat. had a good experience the year before. At, at, in Norman, in Nor- when, when we beat them, right. but they had had a good experience, right. which I'm glad to hear. I hope it does continue, but it, it does change the complexion when you're in the conference and you're winning, and, and I hope we get a mixture of that because I hope we're winning. Absolutely. Other other places, other games. Um, Ohio State was, was fantastic. It's just the the aura, the lure of, of being in the horseshoe. Fans were – it was interesting. The fans all told us how bad their fans are, and then we really never ran into any bad fans. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of interesting that literally every single Ohio State fan warned us about their fans. <laughs> um, so it was very You guys strange. must have been on this, like, uh, walk of, like, along Courtesy Lane or something <laughs> yeah. like that. We went to several Because your experience was not food. anything we like that. The same. We, we went to different areas. We didn't, we didn't go. Game day was in town, and they were further away than we wanted to walk down to to go to. So we just stayed in the normal tailgating area in a couple different spots and – we played cornhole with a couple of a couple different ones. I don't remember exactly where I was at a lot of the drink. time. <laughs> but Yeah, free food and drink multiple. Now after places. the game, they all disappeared. Yeah, do you remember the guy at the hotel? Um, he owned like a bar and I guess it was kind of a shady bar or like maybe like a little oh, imagine that. little rough around the edges kind of bar. And he was at the hotel with a bunch of former players and stuff and they were all getting together and they were super kind and nice and he was like, Hey, come by our bar tonight for Friday night and whatnot he's like but saturday if y'all win he said don't go out go home yep. go to your hotel don't go out don't do it. he was we very did. adamant <laughs> about don't go around columbus celebrating and you victory. didn't right no we didn't we not. stopped at a white castle on the way back oh, to the I hotel remember and the, the buckeye the guy the guy in the stands yeah. that has all the the bald Regalia. guy that yeah. has yeah, the, yeah, yeah. He, was there, he was there, and then the African American guy with the red hair and the cowboy hat or whatever he wears, mm-hmm. they were both there together at the White Castle <laughs> and wouldn't even look us in the eye after the game. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny, but that was a good experience. Uh, I I think Lucas touched on uh, the US, UCLA trip was great. Um, regardless, I could care less how good or bad their team is. The the stadium was beautiful. We went to the Rose Bowl. Um, yeah. The, the sunset, like everyone says, beautiful. Like, you know, once halftime or so hits, that third quarter. Yeah. Sunset comes, and we all got this close. Did anyone mention this? No. This close Going to getting on the field. On the field <laughs> yeah. That's after right. After that game, 
And then somehow, because of where we were, we got ushered down the tunnel. The tunnel where the player parent tunnel is. And we were just waiting for all the players to come out. And we saw a lot of them. We did. I took a picture with maybe the best five-star player in OU history. You guys know who that is? Yeah, Buki. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I still got it on my phone. And I remember Spencer Rattler being exceptionally despondent. He was. That he, he was exceptionally. Somebody said, "I thought you were going to get in." He goes, "Yeah, I did too." Yeah. He was. I think you got one with Andre too, didn't Max, you? Max. Max. No, got a high I got five one from with. Um, yep. Charleston Rambo. Yep. I think that's Buki. it. Buki. I think those only two I can remember. I think that's it. Now Max I got went. Both of them on my, he got. He got Lincoln, Lincoln's right? high five. Yeah. Yep. Lincoln Burn and that high five anyone now. else. <laughs> so, you were were you at the 08 Texas Tech game? The jump around. No, here. you'd remember if you were. No. Yeah. What any a any, lot of any home game any home, any home game, game that you want to mention? Yeah. I really don't have any that stick out. I don't know if it's just because we've been so dominant at home. Were you at the 2016 Ohio State game? Yes. Um, That's a big game. What about 2012, 2012 Notre Dame? I was at 2012 Notre Dame with my mom. Tough game, but fun game. <laughs> Wait, was that 2012 or 2011? And 2012 was 2012, in 2012, 2013. Okay, we 2013 there, was up 2013. Okay, yep. Um, that game was cold. It was. Uh, it was cold. My mom and I did ways. not dress weather appropriate. Mm-hmm. I was not sure we were even going to make it into the stadium. Mm-hmm. Your mom from the islands was because not dressed she appropriately. Hmm. was Imagine hopping that. from tent to tent <laughs> and the frat boys Part were taken. just giving her shots and we couldn't even walk I say we she could not even walk down Lindsay Street to get to the southwest side of the stadium All right, we might need to bring your mom to the game or two <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna need we to still laugh fine. to this day about it anytime I, I see a funny video of someone that just is so inebriated they can't walk on TikTok or something I send it to her and say Notre Dame. <laughs> so there you go. That's a good memorable. That's a good. It is. It is good, good game. And memory. she sobered up quick because she was so cold. You know, she's a Caribbean islander, and uh, it was just way too cold for her. So she snapped out of it pretty quick. Well, I, th- I think similar to your best season is yet to come. Maybe your best games are yet to come I as well. So. I yeah. hope so. Yeah, I mean, for me, honestly, just. The dominance at home, there hasn't. I feel like there haven't been that many great home games. No, especially in this latter half of the of this century, whatever. Where TCU was really yeah, good. It was TCU, Stephen Parker. Stephen Parker yeah, game. that was good. Well, we've had a number of close ones that shouldn't have been, and then we haven't had a very dominant league, and so a lot of those were games where we win a nail biter against Iowa State or Oklahoma State when we really should have dominated right. that game. And then the other games we do dominate. Was pretty fun. Where uh, P. Ryan takes the knee at the, the three. That was really that was good. A There's game. a lot of those games that actually are pretty awesome. Yeah. I was in the weather um, for the P. Ryan game. The Kansas uh, game? Yeah. Yep. yeah. Nice. So that was an interesting game. Um, it is tough to pick out a home game. It, yeah. it, it, it's, you, you're There's very, so many that run you're together. You're very quick to right. default to something that you're experiencing newly as an, in an away game. And you get used to, the, you know, you're in the same seats. And yeah. this, this, it all kind of runs together, honestly. Why, why, Sadly, with an it does. away game, it's, it's very Well, like memorable. several of those I mean, Big 12 title games, I'm sorry, Big 12 championship games against Oklahoma State, where it's, you know, back before in that era we didn't have a championship. And we win one. On, at home, and then we win just, on the just in regulation, and then we win one in, in overtime, or am I remembering that wrong? No, that w- it wasn't for the Big t- Well, I guess it would have been right to the Big 12 title in 20... It would have been 2012 when uh-huh. we came back against Oklahoma State, went to overtime, and uh, Brendan Clay runs it in on the first I think that's the title. Play. There wasn't a... Nebraska's yeah, so gone was, at that time, yeah, so we, that was we the title. won the, won yeah, the title off of that. Yeah, and Ryan but. taking the knee. There's so a there couple a lot of good games. ones. I mean, yeah, I mean, they run together. Mm-hmm. They definitely run together. Well, what about bad experiences? Yeah, I, I honestly can't say I've had any. Did um, you go to the K State missed extra point, missed field goal game? I do. I actually think I was sitting in the end zone. 2014. Is that when it was? Um, was that Honeycut? Yep. Yeah, Money Cut. Missed Just extra point, missed a game winning field goal. Um. 
That's one of my worst. TCU and 05 is up there. Yeah, I didn't go to many Baylor games. Baylor in 14 is really bad. Baylor in 14 is really bad. That was really, really bad. I would say Baylor in 14 is worse than TCU. Julian Wilson just Because yeah, TCU not, in retrospect not is not that bad. That. But, yeah, the booing, that game is infamous for its own yeah. reasons. No, not really. Not that many bad experiences. Um, Did you go to Baylor with us in 2021? Yeah. yeah, he was yeah. there. Yeah. Yep. That one sucked. Yeah, that sucked. Um, <laughs> that did suck. Could have been really bad at Kansas or Kansas State that yeah. season. Yeah. yeah, we avoided Kansas? a couple. We missed a couple. <laughs> we, we dodged a couple bullets, but we caught one in Baylor. The Kansas game. That's that. Well, did, just that be game so did suck. memorable. That game just sucked. because it was empty. You could sit wherever you wanted to. We're playing terrible. We start seeing on Twitter. Free admission. Free admittance, right? For all students. For, the for student everybody. radio was for like, everybody. get down to the stadium, it's free. So all of a sudden they're like, man, we might actually beat OU. And it's just the place gets crowded out of nowhere. You've got Caleb stealing the ball. Which he shouldn't just, have to do. And a million bad things. things. Now, I will say the fans, which is in stark contrast to every other time I've been to Kansas, the fans were actually really fun. That, that we day? were around yes. that day. That day, yes. Students and young people that usually we run into a lot of ugliness, to tell you the truth, like we in did Kansas. That one time. Like we almost got into a fight that one time. And other times I've been there and, and had a lot of heckling and different stuff. Uh, that, that group of guys were, they were cool. very cool and, uh, and knowledgeable as well. Mm-hmm. So that was, that was unique. And the only good part of, of that otherwise ugly game that we did, that in winning. I loved the Kansas State Stadium. Yeah. Just the setup. I don't know if it's just a smaller crowd so everything flowed better. It's intense. But it was a combination of just the way the outer Yeah. That was a fun pregame too though. We we walked around that for whole for concessions yeah. and stuff. That it's whole just place that awesome. It's been a lot of fun as a group, the four of us. Uh-huh. Yeah. Going to these road games together. Yeah. And then doing pods after and all that stuff, but getting to experience the games as a as, as a, a team essentially. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's the only time we all sit together. Yeah, that's true. We text like crazy, but it's the only time we're all there together in the full power of our analysis. Because you're relying on me sitting in the end zone. Which is significant. Yeah, and, you, and sometimes let we, you know what's going on at the Sometimes we wonder if you're looking the wrong way. It's like, no, you're looking at the water tower. Turn around. <laughs> I have noticed you're much smarter when we don't sit in the end zone. <laughs> yeah. You say a lot. You have a lot better analytical <laughs> skills. Well, let's go back to Bedlam. Um, we touched on some of the Bedlam games. What is your view on the future of Bedlam and what's optimal? Would you like to see OU play them always, occasionally, or never? I'll go occasionally. Um, I think it mostly depends on what the 12-team playoff looks like and what are other equal teams scheduling every year. If you can get away with maybe losing to an Oak State occasionally and losing to Michigan and still getting into the playoffs or something, then I don't have that big of a deal. But if you still can't afford those losses and make the 12-team playoff, there's literally no reason to play them. Because you Or if gain, they're not good enough to get credit for it, too. Right. You gain nothing, honestly, from what, playing them. What if they're a top for two them, team in the conference? everything. What if they're perennial Big 12 title contenders? I still don't know if you gain anything for that. You I don't gain think a little bit by, is going to be a perennial If they're conference. still considered a Power 5, when, after everything shakes out, the Big 12 still a Power 5 conference, let's say, and OSU year in and year out is first or second, every now and then dip into third, but they're title contenders for that conference. Do you stand to gain credit as an out-of-conference schedule by playing them to boost your, boost your resume? You not would. To, not to end yet. Yeah. I think you have to give OSU 10 years to establish themselves as such. Yeah, I would say there's two giant ifs in your hypothetical yeah. doing a lot of work. Well, and they, they've been. I just don't buy. You, you I don't think either are going to happen. They've been a top four Big 12 that team. Way, right? You don't know what they're going to be. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. the major problem. So that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah, and, if, and I would say you have more reason to doubt than you have reason to believe. That's why you schedule the people like Michigan and Georgia and Clemson because you have a – more times than not, a better idea of what they're going to be at that time than what they're not going to well, be. Yeah. And you always get credit for yeah, scheduling but, then. But was Nebraska that way this year? But you well, always get credit for it. You still get, credit, you still for get it, credit, yeah. credit for Nebraska. Do you? That, it's like the absolute they went extreme. They or whatever. But that's this. the extreme <laughs> end of that, and you still got at least publicity for it. 
No one cares if you schedule Boise State unless you almost get beat. I mean, we or played get Miami beat. back to back when they were down. We played Florida State back to back when they were down. But they're big names. They're big names. Yeah. That's ideal, actually. You get all the credit of the name, and you don't actually have the challenge yeah, of the I tough team. Yeah, I think that's team. the deal is, is what nationally do people think of the game, right? OU, OSU. Not that I just nationally, I just don't think it's that big. I, I nationally, they recognize it for what it is, which is the most lopsided yeah. call, uh, nationally they matchup in the history the, of college the football. Scoring, I've heard national people I'll listen to like Barstool podcast, part of my take, and they'll they're like, we love watching Bedlam because even if it doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot, those two teams score a ton of points and it's like a shootout over the years, and that's been the case for. Half of a decade off and on. We've been exciting offenses for half a decade yeah. more. And that's something for that. But that's a unique situation. It has nothing to do with Bedlam. I would say that we're closer to the Egg Bowl than we are the Iron Bowl. And the Iron Bowl is not that significant. We're definitely not the game or OU Texas or even UCLA USC. Game days. They've had three or four game days in Stillwater in the last two decades. All with us. I mean, yeah. all with us. Maybe one for Texas. No, I'm talking in still in still. They're just not no, that I, important. I thought you just meant in general game no, I'm days. Just talking, oh, for Bedlam, Bedlam. Bedlam games where game day has been there in Stillwater particularly. They really haven't. I come don't here. think it's a big. I national. bet they've done it three or four Girl, times. In, I don't think in it matters. Years. That seems like quite a bit. It is. I just don't. You just. I think don't they keep know what the back, next twenty years for them is going to be to have them scheduled. And even in those, that was more. A lot for us to lose, little for us to win. A lot for them to win, little for them to lose. So I don't know. But no, I'm, I mean, I'm. Down but we all for, agree. I'm down for it. We if, all agree on this. If it's one of your, you know, big out of conference games every five years, I'm cool with that. What loss or what losses would you consider, and which loss would you select to change in the history of your fandom? I'll run over a couple. I'll say, and maybe for a different reason. I'll say 08 to the Gators because I think it changed mm. the trajectory of our program for a while. If we win that game, I don't think we have that lull that we went through in the early 2010s. Yeah. I just, I feel like recruiting all of it, maybe Bob's, like reinvigoration for continuing it or making it better or coaches that wanted to come here or whatever. But that third loss in a championship game in a row, I think just nationally just put the Oklahoma mm. can't get over the top. We can't do it. We, the opposite of big just, game, Bob. We just can't win it. We yeah, did have the most prolific passer in OU history after that. I think it – Landry Jones. Yeah, yeah and not a lot to show for it. <laughs> It just, yeah, I do. I think it would have changed. Yeah. Now, you know, maybe it wouldn't have been good Stanford. to have not changed the trajectory. Maybe we needed to go through that so that things like Lincoln taking over did happen. And then so that, like, something like Venables could take over. You know, who knows? Maybe. But I kind of wanted to say, like, 04 USC game just because that game was trash. That game is not 55 to 19 if you play it 10 times. It's just not. Will they win six? Sure. But it just was not that lopsided. It just was not that uneven of teams. Um, I would say 03 kind of for the same reason. I think if you win 03 or 04, then you're you're following up 08 with an 09 and an 010 appearance in titles because I, I think the momentum would have been Bama-esque mm-hmm. under Saban or mm-hmm. what George is kind of doing right now. If, if you win if you win 2000 and 2003 and then lose four and then you w- back an eight and can win that one, it's just you're just rolling. I mean, absolutely rolling. So, but I'll go with 08 just because I think we needed it. I think it was a very tough loss. We were and we're good enough to say we, we deserve it. That game. Not like a 19. Changing a 19 would be right. ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. That those two 08 teams play again, and it's oh 51-49. So, someone will have to win an extra game, but 
Oh, I, 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 I actually Murray, think we our went, edge is bigger than that, we especially if we have DeMar. Maybe seven. I, I yeah. totally agree. So this is an, a question we didn't get a chance to ask each other. I just thought of it, but it's very apropos for you because uh, this is really your bailiwick. So what is your favorite and least favorite aspects of recruiting? Man, right now it's NIL. I just... Favorite or least favorite? Least. <laughs> I. It's just... I'm not necessarily a fan of of regulation per se, but when it hurts my team, I am. <laughs> so, I just think uh, Lucas mentioned it as maybe a fear going forward. I don't know that we're gonna have that collective in place. I don't. Just the income disparity for our state just isn't there to to get some of the players I think you need to get or I don't know if you need to get them but it's better to get them than not get them uh-huh. and like Lucas said we're going to have to build more and rely on development and our own evaluations a little bit more than other teams and for me as a football fan that just sucks because I wish we could just throw some money at players that's your favorite Gosh, my favorite part of recruiting is... Um, <laughs> used to be signing day, maybe. You really loved when it was one signing day in February. You guys used to get together for that. It was fun to have a day where you saw your class come together. Everything, you know, social media kind of ruined that with the announcements and there's so many insiders and crystal balls and you kind of <laughs> know who you're going to have. and So it's not that big of a deal for signing day anymore. But mostly I think recruiting, I just like, I like that you've got a whole fresh new team. I mean, there's always hope, the future. Yeah. And it can be good or bad, right? Because your class can be, wow, we've we missed on some, some players that's going to hurt us in a couple of years. Or you can land somebody, two or three guys that are like, they can change the trajectory moving forward. So I think the... The I combination say, of hope as your friend, and despair. I would, as your longtime friend, I would say that your favorite part of it is that it's year round, and it gives you something to focus on. That's true. I outside do like that. of the real world, politics, you know, whatever. Yeah, it gives you something year round to look forward to following. I have because had you to do adjust. Year round. I have had to adjust to Venable's style, where. Mm. If you're going to commit, you commit. You don't take other visits. You don't, you don't do anything. And that makes it less sexy for OU fans to follow recruiting because it's late. all these other schools are just constantly announcing this new guy and this new guy and that new guy. Now, he might eventually change, right? But for right now, you have that instant gratification of, we got this guy. And we don't have that. So it's, it's new, but... What is your biggest concern for OU now? Boy, I could take this several ways. Um, this next season is more important than we probably even know hmm. on how we develop, how our coaches grow, how our players grow. Um, you mess this up this next season and you don't get some of those recruits to come in that we think we're in on or are in on and are maybe coming to us, it can get ugly quick. I, I think you can fall to the bottom of the SEC in a snap of the fingers. I really do. And I'm not as optimistic, per se, as Lucas, where you can just go get a bunch of portal guys and all of a sudden you're kind of back on top. I don't know if that's going to work in the SEC because as OU and Texas come over I think that'll even cause more players to go into the SEC mm. to other teams so I, I, I think the bottom of the SEC is going to get even better the more good teams that you bring in mm. so this ne- I just think this next year is crucial I will be ready to jump off a bridge if we have a <laughs> if we have a seven win season next year I will. It well, could literally set you back three years worth of on more. paper. I, on I mean, on really paper, do. I'm really worried if we have a seven ga- 
only a seven win season. Yeah, it's yeah. Well, it's, Frank it's, gets it's that twenty five thousand dollars bonus if he gets seven wins. So That's right. true. So we'll be, he'll be, be okay. Out of the contract at this point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So how optimistic are you for OU's future? I'll, I'll say I do think Brent is the guy and the staff that he's surrounded him. We can go back and forth on Levy. I don't say that offensive coordinators are a dime or a dozen, but there's going to be plenty of people that want that job that are already very successful, qualified with the track record. So I'm not worried if something happened with Levy. Jackson Arnold worries me a little bit if something happens with Levy. Um, but as far as Brent and his staff, he will build this defense. I, I literally have no question whatsoever that the defense will get righted. There's just no logical explanation for it not to. We have too many recruits that everybody else wanted, particularly this last season where we're more than ever battling and winning legit recruitments against Bama's, Clemson's, Georgia's, people like that. Um, higher four stars than just maybe the 300 ranked guy we're getting the 90th ranked guy right so i do think that matters long term on an entire roster and the staff he has around him the defense will get fixed um i just i don't know if there's enough time i I was on the proponent where i was okay with the 25 being sec season number one honestly if we had had two more years to instill in our team what it's going to take, recruit the players it's going to take, get the strength and conditioning to what it's going to take, to, to then bust into the 25 season, I'd felt much better. But we'll see how the team is on the field this year. And if they're bigger, stronger, faster, and they seem to have the system down a whole lot more, and they're moving people off the ball, and the D-line is just creating havoc, I'll feel a whole lot better for 24. But in general, I'm in the same seven, seven and a half, eight range. Okay. I was going to ask, how, if, how does that translate to yeah. a scale of one to ten? So that's good. So compare that position to where you were back in the start of the Lincoln-Riley era through the maybe the 17 season. How, do, how does it compare? Well, I think during the 17 season, as it went on, uh, you had to be over the moon with Lincoln-Riley's performance. And then as each year went by and you kind of especially now you go back and look at the stats we progressively got worse year after year after year under lincoln riley in both facets um and we could all see it defensively and we knew there needed to be a change and we had hoped honestly i had hoped at the time oklahoma itself could get a bigger name than grinch and I guess I really Pete didn't. Pete Golding. I guess I didn't really pay attention to how much someone really needs to know the head coach to come take that job. Mm. Maybe I felt like it was more like, well, this is just the defensive coordinator at Oklahoma. Okay, you don't know Lincoln, job. and Lincoln's new. Big deal. Right. I, I felt like we could have got a much bigger name, more experienced person to come in. But I was willing to give Grinch his chance, and same type of deal. It just, it just did not get any better the from season from season one to season two it look, it started to look promising and uh but then it was a step back from after that so would you say that that optimism was similar this uh, uh, kind of on the scale of the uh, i think the optimism was more in that like 2017 season uh-huh. with lincoln it built but i think in sustainability i'm more optimistic that brent can maintain and knows what it looks like i know he's does a lot of coach speak and when he got hired on, he said a lot of things like, I know what it takes to build a team to win a national title. I know what it takes to beat the SEC teams in the playoffs in the title game. I know what my team needs to, quote, look like. Right? He, hmm. And when he says that, he's talking physically. Like, he literally is talking what they need to look like. Mm-hmm. And our teams haven't looked like that or had enough guys look like that. Yeah. And I know, I know several other players that – or local personalities and stuff have mentioned it before where we show up to 
the 2018 game against Bama and just them walking across the field, just like, we do not have guys <laughs> like this. Like, we just don't. Even though we're Oklahoma and we're in the playoffs and we're a perennial top five team, our guys don't look like that. I, like- I, I do think Brent knows what our players need to look like, and I think they can coach them up to where they need to play like. I like the way you frame Much it. Much more than Lincoln. Yeah, and, and I think it's clear, at least in hindsight, that we built up optimism really quickly, and, and that was a flash-in-the-pan fool's gold, whereas now, if we have a tremendous season next year, let's just say we do have the tremendous seasons where we win the Big 12 title and I'm in the playoffs and look good, you don't win, well, we look good. It's like foundational. It, it looks foundational. Yeah. It looks like something to build on where we know we've been poor and now we've, with, with Lincoln, it's like you didn't have a chance to be bad to prove yourself. You, he's never been tested until the latter half of his OU tenure and he didn't pass the test. And so with Brent, I think there's reason to be more optimistic. It's a more substantial optimism. Last question, will we win a national championship within the next decade? Yeah, I'll say yeah. Um, maybe it's just a numbers thing. It's just been too long. And we're a team that doesn't go this long without winning one. And you think we're on the trajectory to compete? Yeah, All right. I do. And I think, too, your road might be tougher, but I think maybe not for us because we're pretty accustomed to winning our league and getting in the playoffs, but for teams in general – you really do have a better shot at winning a national title with 12 teams. No, you, yeah. You've got your foot in the door. And yeah. it just takes a couple of games where you're playing just right, and you can win a national title. But I, I really do. I feel like the defense, it's proven what he did at Clemson. It progressively got better into where it was the top defense in the country. And once they got a gunslinger, that was the quality of, like, uh, Oh, pretty boy. What's blonde? Um, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. You know, that was that is Sean Watson and the Trevor Lawrence. And there you go. You got your national title. And I do think we still have the cachet to get those types of players, a la Jackson Arnold or the next guy in line. I think Oklahoma's always going to get a quarterback like that. And you have to have one of those. And you have to have a defense that can shut people down. Well, Jay, I appreciate your realistic optimism, and it was good to get a chance for the audience to get to know you better. Absolutely. Boomer? Sooner. Sooner.